Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft, and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. To the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, and the Seattle Sports app. And, uh, you know, I think I'd have to learn how to fish all over again if I didn't have our next guest's gear and products and scents and hand soap on the boat. And probably one of my favorite guys in the industry to work with, and he's a great friend. Uh, Ray's Bait has been working with Pro Cure long before I was ever doing the radio oh, yeah. show. Oh, yeah. um, Steve Lynch, phenomenal guy. Great, Steve, great individual. Steve Lynch of Pro Cure joining us now. Good morning. Steve, how are you doing, buddy? Haven't seen you since I'm second. doing great, guys. How about yourselves? We couldn't be better, man. Fishing is so good up here in the Puget Sound. We had our opener on Thursday, and Tom, Tom and I went out there and just laid waste to him. It was amazing. Um, the secret, I don't know if I should tell Tom this on air, but <laughs> I don't know. Did you see me yes. squirting my yes. Procure anchovy the, gel in my head? The anchovy gel. That is, is, that is something I always do, and when I don't, I've tested it over the years. It totally makes a difference. It does. You just get bit more. So let I just want to kind of start at the beginning, though. I mean, the first thing we do on the boat we get there is we're into the badass hand and lure soap. Mm-hmm. I want to get the coffee off my hands. I want to get worse things than coffee off my hands mm-hmm. first thing in the morning. So we start clean, Steve. We wash our hands, and then we go to work. Then the next step from there is procure Brian and Bite. Yep, and that's that how makes we brine a difference our too anchovies, our herring. I, I see guys all the time dumping rock salt in, and if you let that stuff get the little little teeniest bit even warm, it cooks your bait. So so let us into those two products and the development of those in particular, Steve. That brine and bite because it ain't just salt, man. You got amino acids and a lot of other stuff going on in Procure Brine and Bite, Steve Lynch. Well, it's true. In the brine and bite, you know, it's probably eighty percent fine firming salt. And then it's got the bite stimulants added to it. But ideally, you want, you don't want to do that when you're on the boat. That should be done the night before, you know, after you're done with supper or something. That's where I typically brine my baits. And, and then once I, you know, I, whether I'm using the powder and mixing it with two quarts of water or just the instant, you know, the liquid brine and bite, you know, coming in the 31-ounce containers, you know, I pour it over my baits and then put in the bait cooler out in the boat so I don't drive off without it. But you want a minimum four-hour soak time. Uh, well, I've done it more than once where I brine the baits and left them in the fridge and get to the point of destination realizing you have no bait. And other than embarrassing, it is frustrating. So, uh, yeah, I've learned. I walk everything out to the boat the night before and have it loaded and ready to go. Yeah, that's that, that that is absolutely the best policy right there. But I, I've seen Procure also used by some of the pros, yeah, the, the brine and bite products, by just sprinkling it on top of a tray of bait and letting them sit in there. But, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, especially if you're, a, you know, a real prepared and, and, and detail-oriented cut plug fisherman, you know, like, like Rob, Ens- Rob Ensley, for instance. I mean, he'll, he'll cut his baits the night before, 
and then brine those like that. And that's and that's the gold standard. Uh, uh, but, I mean, Joey and I are in the habit of making our baits the morning of. And generally, we'll give I, them a two-hour Well, soak. and I'm at the boat at sometimes yeah. four in the morning. Right. I get down there. The first thing I do is get two of those bait coolers going, herring in one, anchovies in the other, brine them. Then, you know, we don't leave the dock till five. We're running an right. hour. We get we get a couple oh, sure. hour, you know, at least a couple That's hours. Funny. And then that bait actually gets better and better as the day goes on today towards the end of the day if you if you were grabbing those anchovies you feel them they just had a little bit of and those little red herring were tight the skin is kind of tight it almost snaps when you stick the hook in it that's a good call that's a good call i really had not considered that but you're right we uh we we do see that bait the change in the firmness yeah it in it as the day goes by but but i just got to go back to just the fundamental steve steve lynch of of starting clean and and that's the main by, thing it is the main thing and so what what is the deal with badass hand and lure soap i mean it's a scent free soap or, or what's what is the story with that correct so that soap uh you know it took us a couple of years and lots of trial and, and errors but we found a manufacturer uh just like an old hippie type guy so it's natural <laughs> right uh, i mean it's old sorry, hippie I mean, soap I, I don't know what to offend badass hand soap made by an old hippie <laughs> it, perfect, it is, you go in the shop it's a bunch of hippies but they're great guys right easy to work sure. with but i i tell you what uh, it leaves no residue uh you, you know when you're done rinsing it right so it's not a waterless hand cleaner but it breaks it down and even if you have stains on your shirt you know, maybe some of the, the different gels got on it, it will take those out of your clothing. Uh, so it just does a great job of breaking everything down and leaving you clean. Uh, you know, you, you know what I do sometimes, Steve, is um, I wash my hands multiple times throughout the day. Tom will break out some smoked salmon or something and you eat something. As soon as I'm done, I, I use the soap, wash my hands, and then... I'll squirt quite a bit in there every once in a while, and I'll grab, because I'm handing the rod off to people on the boat, right? I'll put a bunch of that soap on my hand. I will rub it all over my reel, all over the handle. I'll rub it on my downrigger, kind of gets the salt off anyway, and then give it a squirt and rinse it off. And it just keeps everything. If you've ever had a wide-open Chinook bite go cold, listen, there's a reason Somebody had something funky on their hands, or some people just put off. A lot of guys wear gloves because a lot of guys put off. You know, L-serine. Yes, L-serine is is the is the trigger amino acid. And Steve, and I know you know this. In fact, I think you told me this way back when. L-serine is an amino acid. So there's 12 essential amino acids that comprise the 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 fundamental human protein l-serine is also common to grizzly bears to pinnipeds um it Mm -hmm. and to sea otters to yeah to bears all the stuff that fish all the stuff want to run from yeah eat fish right yeah in killer whales as well so if you're you have that on your hands it's basically just a stop sign for fish steve that's right you just chase away and a lot of guys are using sunblock and suntan lotion that's Mm -hmm. another killer Right, if you want to shut your bite down, right, put sunblock or suntan lotion. But I see a lot of guys, they glove up in the morning, you know, and they do the bait, but then they're touching the tiller handle or the, yep. or the steering wheel or weights, you know, eating a sandwich. If you're going to glove up, glove up, deal with your baits, and then peel your gloves off, right, and just put glove up. You use the same pair over and over again, but to put gloves on 
other than to protect your hand from the salts, right? Because some guys, the salt really, you know, eats up of their skin. And that's the only purpose of wearing gloves all day. Because once you're touching everything else, you, you know, you, you've blown that factor of keeping it clean out of, the, out of the water. It's not, you know, you're spreading it on everything. Uh, okay, so so, so we so we put gloves on in the morning and leaving them all day. That's not keeping your beach clean. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, that's very good, good good observation. Uh-huh. All right, so we got our hands clean. We've got our bait brined. Now let's talk about some of your scents. Joey already talked about anchovy gel, and and I keep going and buying it because we end up running out and running out and running out. That's one of our favorites, but we also use herring. When I saw you up in Sitka fishing at Upfish Baranoff and Joel Martin's outfit, um, you know, we were using just a ton of butt juice, your halibut attracting scents. I will not halibut fish without butt juice on my baits. I don't know what's in that stuff, dude, but it flat works. If if I have to the substitute main ingredient, it, the main ingredient in that is cured and crushed salmon egg juice, which, which is a heavy fish oil, and it keeps your, your scent down the bay floor or the ocean bottom. It just doesn't float to the top. Uh, so whatever scents, then, we, then we're using herring oil and shrimp and stuff in with it. But it just keeps the scent down low. Uh, to where, you know, as you know, that scent trail is, is a huge factor in catching halibut. You know, if a guy's anchoring up, you know, he wants as much scent rolling out of his boat as possible, but you don't want it just floating to the surface. You want it staying in that water column right along the bottom. So yeah, the, that's no, a huge no question. getting bit. And then my one-two punch, and you guys, I got my hats off to Procure for this, because your garlic bloody tuna, you guys pioneered this scent and imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, which cracks me up when I see somebody else with a bloody garlic, whatever, a garlic bloody. I mean, you guys started it with garlic bloody tuna. And that is, if, if they're not on the, if the halibut, the, the big flat ones aren't, aren't on the butt juice, the garlic bloody tuna and salmon. There's something about garlic and salmon as well, Steve. What, what's going on there, buddy? When that water temperature warms up, even springer fishing, as soon as that gets, you know, 56, 58 degrees, I, I do a lot of garlic scents. And I, and I don't know why, but that hits 58 and or warmer, and they just can't get enough of it, right? I switch pretty much everything over to a garlic blend of whatever I'm using, uh, you know, late spring, early summer, and all through the summer. Uh, and your bite ratio will just be triple, you know, with, with the side of the boat using garlic versus non-garlic. And, and you, you mentioned other guys using garlic bloody tuna or garlic tuna scents. To my knowledge, we're the only company that's 100% real bait. You know, there's, I'm not knocking the other guys right, by any means, but they're all synthetic. So, you know, a chemist or pharmacist formulating uh, that scent. And it, and it may be right, it may be wrong, who knows. But, you know, we're taking, you know, the, the pure tuna scraps and then grinding it up and, and stabilizing it and then load it up with the bite stimulant. And then either pressing it for the oil or, or grinding up and putting it in the gel base. So there's nothing better than the real deal. The real and thing, Stephen. And, that's right. And, and, nothing I, I, and for you guys, your anchovy is working so well because that's what the fish are feeding on primarily yeah, in, your, in your next words right now. They're feeding on anchovy, so give them what they're used to. And, and there's, there's nothing wrong with, with going complete the opposite pattern, you know, and throwing Manhattan or Mullet or Pollock or something. But Nine times out of ten, go with what they're feeding on because it's just a familiar scent to them. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you you touched on it. It's it's real stuff. And and you and I have been doing business together for a long time. I send you like all our scrap sand shrimp. They take that, they turn that into shrimp and prawn oil. And then Steve sends me shrimp and prawn oil. And then everybody always asks me, Steve, what is in your coon shrimp, your cured <laughs> coon shrimp? And I've never really told people, but I'm going to. Um, that is a mixture that Steve makes for me. It is shrimp and prawn oil. About It's probably about three quarters shrimp and prawn oil and a quarter soup uh, anise plus. Oh, wow. And Correct. here's what that smell when I smell that, it, it makes, I think about fishing. It, it, it's a smell that's, I just, it takes me back to summer run steelhead fishing on the Skycomish River when I was 10, 12 years old. That smell, that, that shrimp and anise smell. Yeah, that shrimp and licorice. That yeah. Is, that and is just a so match. that's what's in raised bait coon shrimp, our cured coon is Procure shrimp and anise plus. And it's, guys ask me all the time. They're like, man, whatever you do. Austin Moser's over there right now. Yep. He says, though, you know, he's catching more fish than everybody on on those coons and that scent. Yeah. Well, Steve Lynch, when, when are we going to get? That's a good job. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. Austin's Austin's a stick. When are we going to get you up here, buddy? We got to uh, we got to go bend a rod, get you on the Sea Beast, and go uh, ripping around Puget Sound here. When when can we uh, expect to see you in the uh, Puget Sound region, buddy? You know, I, I'm I'm dying seeing that fishery going so strong. I'd love to get up there this summer, right? I mean. Uh, I'm all the way, I'm booked up uh, till about the third week of August, and then I'm free to go play. I don't know what's going on for you at that oh, time, well, but, you know, we leave well, Gooey well, 10, I think, you know, around the 20th or so, and then I've got a week and a half before we start hover fishing up there at the Krigatat. Okay, well, we'll we'll have a little program for you around here, buddy. There, there's, yeah, we'll I got news for you. We August. talk every year, but we just never get together. Right? Yeah, so we well, we're, it it's going to it's going to happen this year. He's Steve Lynch. Go check out pro-cure.com. Steve, thanks for everything, man. Thanks for all the wonderful products you do, and good luck this summer. We'll be seeing you soon. Thank you very much. Appreciate the time. All right, buddy. Thanks, Steve. All right, coming up next, a critically acclaimed, award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. Marine Area 9 and 10 open for Hatchery Chinook. A long-awaited, much-anticipated Admiralty Inlet and Central Puget Sound Selective Opener open Thursday. Despite the big tides, anglers fared quite well. The old standbys like Possession, No Point, Double Bluff, Kicked Out Kings, well, some off-current areas like Skunk Bay and Mutiny Bay. The fish will pause today and reopen on Thursday, July 21st through Saturday the 23rd. The Area 9 quota is 4,700 Chinook. The Area 10 number is over 3,900. This season, Area 9 has managed as a series of three-day openers Thursday through Saturday, and Area 10 Chinook retention runs through August 31st. But it's highly likely that both these fisheries will reach their quotas prior to the end dates. Don't wait. Get out there and get your Puget Sound Hatchery Kings. Marine Area 7, the San Juan Islands, also opened Thursday, and what was caught depended on where you were fishing. The Rosario Strait area was fairly crowded, but the President's Channel side of Orcas sounded like it was a better bet, both in terms of Chinook fishing and boating elbow room. Fresh off the seven-day debacle of salmon angling in Area 7 in 2021, WDFW has given us three days this year, and then the fishery will be reassessed to determine if enough Chinook impacts remain to conduct a second three-day directed Chinook fishery 
or keep it open for what should be a bumper crop of coho coming this way in August and September. Reports from the Straits indicate that there's still a big wave of Chinook headed this way, and Silver, hold, Silver Horde Gold Star Squid in Purple Haze and Kingfisher Spoons in the ever-popular Herring Aid finish are getting bit. Mature Chinook don't always hug the bottom, so run your gear where the sonar is marking arcs, and you'll score a San Juan Chinook. Baker Lake Sockeye wide open. As of Thursday, July 14th, there have been well over 3,000 sockeye salmon transferred from the Baker River Trap up to scenic Baker Lake. If you're waiting to hit the lake for these tasty sockeye, wait no more. Look for schooling fish on your sounder and troll dead slow at 25 to 35 feet at first light with a Les Davis Ott Dodger and a 12-inch leader to a bear hook and a mylar teaser. Better get it quick, though. Baker Lake is higher and cooler due to the cool spring and this year's big snowpack. Expect the best action in this fishery in July because by mid-August, these rapidly maturing sockeye will become much, much less aggressive. Effective this morning, Marine Area 3, Cape Alva to the Queets River. The daily bag limit is two salmon. Chinook salmon retention is prohibited. All coho salmon must be marked with a healed adipose fin clip. La Push will reopen for Chinook retention on Monday, July 25th. In Ilwaco, Marine Area 1, the nearshore fishery is closed. From Leadbetter Point to Cape Falcon, Oregon, to three miles offshore, salmon fishing will be prohibited. Today, Ilwaco is 30% of of the Chinook guideline. Marine Area 2 Westport is at 23%. The push checks in at 26%. And Nia Bay has reached 61% and reopens July 25th west of the Benilla Tatouche line. Recreational crabbing open up most Puget Sound. Sport crabbing got underway earlier in July. So far, so good in most areas. Here's the summer crab season schedule. Marine areas 4, 5, 6, 8, and 9 opened up July 1st. We'll close on September 5th, Thursday through Mondays only. Marine area 7 south opened July 14th through September 30th, Thursday through Mondays only. Marine area 10, Seattle Bremerton opened up July 3rd. We'll run through September 5th, Sundays and Mondays only. Marine area 11, Tacoma Vashon. Opened up July 3rd. It's going to run through August 30th, Sundays and Mondays. Only Marine Area 12, Hood Canal north of Aok. Opened up July 1st. Will also run through September 5th, Thursdays through Mondays only. The daily limit in Puget Sound is five Dungeness Crab males only. Hard shell condition with a minimum carapace width of six and a quarter inches. Summer seasons for the upcoming fisheries are also posted on wdfw.wa.gov. The Waco Tuna Club announces high-stakes tuna tourney. Mark your calendars, put your teams together, and dump the kids' college fund. <laughs> it's, it's a Waco Tuna Club invitational time. Here's your chance to get your bow on the starting line September 3rd for your share of $100,000 payout. This is the only high-stakes fishing event in the Pacific Northwest, and the Waco Tuna Club is targeting 30 boat teams to lay the five grand entry fee on the line. There will be payouts for the top five total weight teams, largest albacore, smallest albacore, and pelagic species. For more information, rules, and in- entry information, hit ilwacotunaclub.com. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shocks, struts, and more at lesschwab.com. Yeah, it's it's a bummer um, for those guys that are on the beach at Ilwaco that uh, they kind of lost that beach fishery out of the Columbia. I know there's a lot of boats that just like to, you know, take take a ride at North Cape and just fish right there off the beach. And, and, you know, we've got a lot of friends that are out there doing it too. But, you know, uh, know, according to Lance Fisher, who we talked to last sec or last hour, he, you know, he's, he's really not too upset about it. And, And the key is getting this fishery to Labor Day or at least 
getting it. We got to stretch. We got to stretch. We got to make sure make sure we get there. We don't there. eat up the, the our Chinook quotas and jeopardize some of our our coho you know opportunity. So yeah, we'll, we'll give it, put it a pause. Yeah. There's other places to go fish right now. So yeah, and and in addition, I mean, this time next week we're going to be staring the reopener for Nia Bay and the reopener for La Push up and down there, and and Westport's just going to keep on absolutely just keep on steaming. Well, what happened in the San Juan Islands on the on the opener and and, and until then, Mark Redesell, just a great guy. He runs Barlene Seafoods, but but also he's uh he's one of the Fish Northwest guys and 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 fish northwest is a a sportsman's sport fish advocacy group that's really made some headway with regard to exerting pressure on wdfw to basically do the right thing which seems like a you know really weird deal these days right you know it's so so and and you've known you've known mark for a long time he's a great guy he does a ton he does he just does a ton of stuff that you never hear about he's out there um you know they're they're actively netting right now in the San Juans, and they're they're counting outgoing smolt. Yeah. And he's out there doing that. I'm going to go up uh, later in July and per do that with him. First San and Chinook smolts. Yeah. yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. Just he's a great dude, great stick, um, and kicks out some really fantastic seafood out of out of Barlene's fishery up there. Yeah. Mark Redesell joining us next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, the Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's Wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Welcome to the Wheelhouse here on 710's The Outdoor Line. Tom Nelson here, Joey Pyburn, Matt Nelson back in our Seattle studios. And on the phone, San Juan Stick Extraordinaire, and of course, uh, Stalwart for FishNorthwest.com as well, and uh, Barlene Seafood number hats on this gentleman. And this gentleman is Mark Redesell. Good morning, Mark. How are you, buddy? How you doing, Mark? Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? We are doing well. So you have been up there in Area 7, bebopping around, probably whacking some beautiful Chinook. Give us the rundown. What's been going on up there? Well, there seems to be some fish everywhere. Um, I wouldn't describe it as, as lights-out hot fishing, um, but it's been consistently good. And, 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 you know, with these big tides that we're having right now, it can make things a, a little hard, um, lots of current, lots of exchange, but I'd say it's consistent. you got to work for them a little bit, but, man, has it been fun to get back on the water up here. Oh, man, I bet. I, I was feeling for you guys. You've been kind of locked off the water for a year now. Um, it's probably a good thing that it's not just totally wide open. It may lead to us having maybe maybe another little opportunity here. Um, what what were you seeing up there as far as like size? The fish, you know, a little bit bigger than maybe they were back in you know the last time you got we well we haven't fished area seven yeah. for over a year. Um, but they, I mean down here we're seeing the fish are just well fed. I heard of some pretty nice big fish caught up there in the islands uh, for the opener. Yeah, you know, there's some there's some bigger fish around. We had, gosh, we had just a tank on that opening day. That you know, you know how they do the torpedo runs along the surface. And you see oh the yeah. The water and that, and uh, we had some zigs and zags and uh, popped a hook off that last trailer hook. So it was kind of a heartbreaker. But yeah, there's some there's some really good fish around. I would say the average stuff that I'm seeing and hearing from guys is. You know, the 8 to 12 pound with some, you know, 15, 16s in the mix, you know, kind of, I would say it's normal. There's some, but there's definitely some bigger fish around. And it, you know, for us, it's been kind of a squid show um, the last few days here. 
uh, we, you know, we tried spoons and, and, you know, and the squid and we ran some, uh, of course we ran some Joey Pyburn race based, uh, you know, helmet, helmet herring and behind a flasher. Uh, we, we touched fish on all that gear, but the squid kind of seemed to be working with us. And we found that a little shorter leader this year, uh, we're running about a 26, 27 inch leader behind the, you know, the old tried and true green, green flasher with a white squid or the old Dr. Death, um, you know, trolling at mid depths has been has been pretty consistent so you know that's been kind of the program that we dialed in there on that first day and and stuck with it here for the last few days mark redisell joining us this morning and and mark and mark with these tide changes that are you know i mean 14 and a half foot exchanges you know there's not just anywhere you can fish in the san juan so on a big ebb like that what are some of the areas that you'd kind of point guys towards to maintain success despite the fact we got monster runouts this week you know uh, you know there's been you know obviously tide point um you've got obstruction which you know if you look at your current charts um hasn't hasn't been too terrible to fish uh you got point lawrence and then you can go up to the north end and um you know you've got waldron and the north end of orcas and you know some spring pass stuff and um, you know, and, and kind of focus on, you know, at the beginning of those tides or the end of those tides, you know, when it's kind of ripping in the middle, that makes it a little hard. So, you know, maybe that's time for your sandwich and coffee and, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of, kind of take a breather for a minute and not, not overwork yourself. But, uh, you know, that's, that's been our focus is, you know, try and get the start of that tide and try and get the end of that current exchange. And, and, you know, there's a, there's obvious bites that turn on and off, you know, throughout the beginning and the end of those. So that, that would, that's where I'd point guys. Are you hearing anything from guys out on the West side of San Juan? Um, you, you know, there's, I've, I've touched base with a few. I don't have any real great reports though, to, to share, um, just, just my little circuit of guys that we've been working together with, uh, we've all been kind of fishing the interior. So I just, I, I wish I had something to share with you, but I really don't at this point. Yeah. I, I have to think that the outside right now, uh, if you were looking to go maybe target a bigger fish that, that out, that West side of San Juan, maybe pile something like that. Yeah. Should have some, you know, some or, good size fish cruising out there right now, you know, pile or open Bay, um, mm-hmm. both of those, you know, those, those kind of, you know, jog the memory banks of like, man, there's, there should be some good fish, you know, holding in those, those couple spots, maybe a couple early Fraser fish cruising through there and, and, you know, um, get your hands on a, a nice big fish. Yeah, no kidding. So Mark Redisell joining us this morning and, uh, not only is he an angler, but he's an angler advocate. And if you head over to fishnorthwest.org, you're going to see some of the, some of the latest actions. And unfortunately, some of those are legal actions. So Mark, basically we've seen a turn in the tone of, of WDFW, um, and it's not been in favor of recreational fishing, not from an, by any measure you see us in, uh, having less days on the water. You see more fish on the water, you know, coming back, but our opportunity has not commensurately increased. And right now you could make the argument that our opportunity is completely untethered from abundance. And this makes absolutely no sense to me. So tell us a little bit about Fish Northwest, your mission some of your latest actions and how people can get involved and they feel so inclined. Yeah. So, so they can go, you know, go check out the fish Northwest website. 
Um, Brett's done a really nice job. There's a lot of Facebook write-ups there, and you can kind of get caught up to speed. They're all they're all linked in there, so so people can educate themselves. Um, basically, you know, our big push is for a balance and equality, which equates to more opportunity for us as we move forward. Um, and, and you know, there's 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 data that shows that, you know, there's not a 50-50 fair shake going on anymore. And and there's quota numbers that are completely out of balance. And, and so, you know, we dug in our heels here a couple of years ago and filed a couple of lawsuits, you know, asking for 50-50 sharing and, and addressing some of these imbalanced issues. And, you know, our hope is to restore some of that opportunity moving forward. And, and I just encourage people to go and go and check that out. It's, it's you know, get yourself a cup of coffee or um, you know, in a, in a donut or a pastry and, and sit there and kind of take your morning read and you can read a bunch of that stuff and, and get educated on all that. And, um, and, you know, if you're so inclined, you can obviously donate. There's a link there and, and help us fight the fight. This is, this is, you know, just five average guys that got together and, and want to push for, you know, regaining some opportunity, not just in the San Juans, but all across Puget Sound. There's, there's just large discrepancy. And you guys have touched on that on the show here quite a bit lately of of just the frustration and and nonsense that we keep seeing with fish and wildlife um, and how they're managing stuff for us well and and we've seen evidence of, of the effectiveness of your legal efforts too in some of your motions and some of your filings that have now changed wdfw policy i think that your actions have in no small part led the state and the co-managers to binding federal arbitration, and and I and I and I really I really see this as as a positive. I think you're one of the few groups out there that have really done something with regard to opportunity. But I just go back to last year, dude. WDFW gave us seven days in Marine Area Seven for salmon fishing for the entire calendar year. And then That's, there was yeah. two months of commercial fishing or, with a or closer to three what, months. Of what commercial. I believe was a 4,700 Chinook bycatch yeah right yeah. so that yeah, exactly. over twice over twice what our directed chinook harvest was that shut us down it's just and this was in a in, in a in a pink salmon year which should be a, yeah, which was a bumper crop which which should have been opportunity for quite a while for a lot of different anglers and it's just unfair i mean the salmonids are a public resource and when the sport fishery is unfairly closed it's it just makes no sense to me and it's very very frustrating oh yeah, it's just such a tough pill to swallow. I mean, we're out here doing this. You know, I've got my dad on the boat this the last few days, and I've got my son with me. So, we've, you know, we've got three generations up here. And, man, I sure hope it, I sure hope we get a few more days out of this. But it, that's really tough going from, you know, here four or five years ago where we were fishing nine months out of the year for Chinook, whether it be blackmouth or, or summer fish, to, um, I'm, you know, I'm appreciating three days. That that's a head yeah. scratcher yeah. to me with the department. Yeah, well, and he, you know, it's, again, it's our, our opportunity is com- our opportunity is completely untethered from abundance, and and it just it makes no sense. But yeah, we'll be keeping yeah. a close eye on the actions of WDFW moving forward. No question about that. All right, you're, now the last hat we're going to touch on, Mark Redesell. Is that a Barleen Seafoods? I mean, you uh, you know what good seafood is. You you sell good seafood. You handle good seafood. So uh, yeah. what should folks be look What should folks be looking for? What's coming in? What's fresh? What's the deal? Uh, right now we've got a lot of nice fresh sockeye coming in out of Alaska. Um, you know, Barleen's Fisheries been in business for 50 years. Um, the original family member Dave Barleen started as a reef netter off of Lummi Island, so it, you know that equates to quality as most people know. But yeah, so we. 
we got a lot of nice fresh sockeye, a lot of nice fresh halibut, and then we started crafting some of our own stuff this last year. We're making halibut burgers, which are a oh. super hot, <laughs> hot feature. Um, we're going to make up, uh, we started making these coast coconut crusted sockeye salmon tails, taking the tails off the salmon and stripping those out. And those have just become a fan favorite. I think we're going to have some of those tonight, as a matter of fact. Um, we've got, you know, just a laundry list of stuff. And we're a small little seafood shop, um, but our focus is to bring in really good quality product and sell it at a reasonable price. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Barlene's Fishery. And we also have a website, although the website's a little neglected these days. But you can still go <laughs> over there. It and, happens. Mm-hmm. All right. You uh, know, well, Mark, you know Mark, fishermen, Mark, they're a little technologically uh, Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're challenged a lot of different ways, dude. He's Mark Riedesel, <laughs> Barleen Seafoods, the outfit. Go find him on Facebook. And, dude, you can put me down right now. For a fifty-pound box of sockeye, I, I, I'm going to smoke some. Man. Well, you're going to want some of those. Ha- I, want Listen, the, I, I want the butt burgers too. Trust me, I'm he's given me that. some of them, and yeah, they're they are to I'm die all for, about dude. the butt burgers. Mark, thank you so much, buddy. Let's try to get together and bend a rod this summer sometime, dude. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, Mark. Later, thank, brother. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, coming up next, the hottest report we heard all week in the techniques you need to succeed. It's Roy Robinson RVs. Really? Where? And it's next here on Seattle Sports 710, Seattle Sports app. No way. You gotta be kidding me. Really? Where? It's coming back from the island of Tinny and the Lady. Where'd you get him, man? No way. You, you gotta tell me. I, I, I'm not gonna tell anybody. Ocean Tony Red. Hey, man, can you tell me where you got him? I'll never put on a life jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? It's time to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in the entire Northwest. The all-new Roy Robinson RV Center. You're going to find a complete selection of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth wheelers, tow haulers, pop-ups, campers, and so much more, including the all-new interactive RV shopping tool. How much can I tow? Know before you go. You're going to find all that and more at Roy Robinson RV, RoyRobinsonRV.com. Well, Joey, I think... I know <laughs> what your really where pick is. Well, it's... my personal really where is going to be area nine. Um, we're going to be living on that thing as long as we have quota left. Yeah. Uh, as long as we have days open. Um, but geez, I mean, what's your flavor? What do you want to do? We got Rocky Reach Sockeye right now is insane. Yeah. Austin Mosier hooking 100 Sockeye. The other that's, day. That's amazing. Okay. That's just. And, and listen, if, if we're talking if, off the water by 930 in the morning. If it was anybody else, I'd go, yeah, okay, dude. But I know because, I, listen, I, I know. Dude, he calls me, he goes, dude, I'm going through 32, <laughs> one of those 32 ounce jars of coon shrimp plus a half every day. So we also have the Baker Lake fishery that now that there's actually some fish there, fish we're looking Lake. at probably about 3,000 fish up there that's only going to build. Um, that is a great fishery for folks. They go up there. Those fish it's... are snappy right out of the gate. You want to get up there early. Um, sand shrimp. Guys like yeah. little sand yeah. shrimp up there. We're selling a ton of them. Get them at Holiday Sports. Get them at um, John Sporting Goods. Get them early so they're not gone because guys are, as soon as we deliver them, they are gone. Um, we have our next, our next opener in Area 9, the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. And then we have a bunch of opportunity right now in the lower Columbia, Astoria, Megler Bridge, up 
stream to Bonneville. Uh, the limit is six, two adults. It can either be a sockeye, a steelhead, or a hatchery chinook, and you can keep jacks. Also, up to Bonneville, just the fishing is, it's like, it's like buoy 10 right now. There, yeah. I mean, you can go down there and everybody can spread out. We should all agree to just spread out. So <laughs> half of the guys we saw out there today, I want you to hook up your boats and head to Baker Lake. <laughs> I don't blame them. And, and Baker Lake is a magic place, dude. If it you've is. never seen the Upper Skagit, it's just, it, it's just, it, that place has got me by the heart and always, always will be. I grew up on that river and, 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 but, but the whole Lake Shannon, Baker Lake area, you owe it to yourself to just go up there and, and go check it out. But while my head may be up at Baker Lake, my heart's in Marine Area 9. I mean, we had to fight for this July opportunity, and now it's here, and, and we work hard to prepare for it, and it, it, it's, it, it pays you off. And, and so now we get this opportunity, and we get to share it with, with a bunch of University of Washington football players today in the Dog Derby, the first annual event where we got 20 wonderful guys that volunteered their boats to take these – University of Washington athletes out fishing. You know, it's a new day in college football. Name, image, likeness is for, will, has forever changed the face of college athletics. We're just honored to be able to help out with it. Um, we, you know, Sam Heward and, and Damon Heward on, on our boat today. It's going to be fun. If you're, if you're by the Port of Everett, the weigh-in's going to be at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Come on by, guest dock 5. It's just right along Marine Drive there. It's, it, it's, the, the Port of Everett is just, they're doing such a great job. They, they helped us out tremendously with this event, the Dog Derby. They're helping us out with the Day of Honor for Salmon for Soldiers on September 17th. But uh, I, I just, we'd be remiss if, if we didn't focus on what's going on out there and talk to some of the guys ab about techniques on, on the opener for us it was it was a combination of spoons and bait in the dirt even though we were marking fish up in the water column and we were seeing bait up in the water column it was focusing on the bottom that that really was the secret to to our success for a few days of this fishery buy some extra Downrigger balls, guys, because, <laughs> listen, uh, I don't know how many fish I hooked yeah. on the opener by seeing a fish on the bottom. And look, mid-channel is a it's a grumpy, grabby piece be. of water. Yeah. Um, but if you're willing to bounce on that bottom, man, that was very effective. It, it, it's just, I, I say it all the time. I dump it into the dirt, mm -hmm. bring it up six inches, and it'll be ticking and that fish will rip it off yeah. the clip. The other thing we found in those fish today was very tiny herring. Young of the so, year. So, look, um, all the local sports shops are going to have orange and yellow herring out there. That's what I'm probably going to be fishing yep. because the reds worked, but I bet you the small stuff is going to work even better because you were running a, um, a coho killer, yep. herring a coho killer on your side of the and boat. That bit. was the first double we had. Yep. So... So I want to say one more thing about about bouncing the ball. So so we use Canon downriggers. We use Canon wire. We also use the Canon Terminator. The Canon Terminator is without question the strongest end connection you can have on a downrigger wire. The the instant you crimp a wire, you're putting a dissimilar metal in there, and you drop it in salt water, and corrosion is starting. The clock is ticking. If you want to aggressively fish the bottom and you're fishing braid, it that's okay. But you also be better run a pair, run a set, run a piece of tuna cord between 
the braid and the ball, mm-hmm. okay? Because that's the part of it that the, 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 the bitter end is always where all that beating takes place. Uh, and I see a lot of guys popping braid off because braid wears faster than wire. We change our wire every year. And, and I and I really think that makes an amazing difference, even every other year for a lot of guys. I mean, we're, we're kind of on the accelerated wear program. I mean, we ran the same wire that you're fishing right now, ran for Sitka in thir- for 35 days, yeah. right? Let alone the stuff we've been doing around here. So so we, we run our gear hard, and that's why I can look anybody in the eye and tell them, listen, that, that Canon Terminator is absolutely the strongest connection you can have on a downrigger wire. And I even hooked the bottom on, on opening day. We turned a, turned a boat around, got on top of it, pulled the ball back up. I do it over and over and over again. Well, but it is that patent, paying attention. Every year I see guys drop their downrigger balls down and then go sit up forward and not pay attention to their rods. It blows me away. Yeah. If you're waiting until that downrigger, that fish pulls the you're out of your clip, you're missing at least half the fish that are available to you on downrigger. Well, we had Mike Purcell and, and Cameron Foster on the boat for the opener, and Cameron said, wow, you guys really work those downriggers. <laughs> yeah, and then at yeah. the end of the day, he's like, wow, you guys are really good fishermen. <laughs> like, well, well, you see we're back there actively <laughs> fishing yes. hard, hard, you know, hard. hard. We're not sitting in yeah. the front of the Duckworth. But it's it's so rewarding. Fishing elevated. To, to, I mean, and, you know, Mike Purcell, he's the starting D-tackle for the Denver Broncos, and he never caught a salmon before. So what an honor it is to take a guy like that out. So, I think he's probably going to be no, making yeah, a think, return trip no up kidding, here dude. After, you yep, missed, after the <laughs> opener. Yeah. If you miss any of the show, jump on MyNorthwest.com, download that Apple uh, podcast app, or hit the outdoor line. Give us, give us a follow on social media, at Rob Ensley, at Joey Pyburn on Instagram, at the outdoor line on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, for uh, for Rob Ensley, who couldn't make it today, he's up in southeast Alaska. For Joey Pyburn, Matt Nelson back in our Seattle studios. This is Tom Nelson. This has been the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, and the Seattle Sports app.